Welcome to the Islam and Liberty Podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to support us, visit islamandlibertynetwork.org. This episode, we have a recording of our 7th International Islam and Liberty Conference, the Islamic Case for Religious Freedom, held in Jakarta. Angita Sanyal is PhD scholar at the Center for West Asian Studies, Jawaharlal Nehru University, New Delhi, India. She did her post-graduation in politics and international relations from School of International Studies, Jawaharlal Nehru University, New Delhi, India. She is part of a panel, Non-Muslims in Muslim-Majority Countries, chaired by Hakan Koru. Her topic is Jews in Iran since the Islamic Revolution, Social Status and Anti-Semitism. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Ankita Sanyal, and I'm from India. Uh, the topic of my presentation is Jews in uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran. Jews in Iran since the Islamic uh, Revolution, um, the social status and anti-Semitism. Now, before going into the main theme uh, of my presentation, I would like to take a historical uh, account of uh, the minority community in Iran. Uh, the Jews uh, settled in Persia following the expulsion from their homeland in Judea by the Assyrian rule. And they settled in Babylon in Persia. Uh, and uh, after the co uh, conquest of Babylon by King Cyrus, uh, during the Achaemenid uh, Empire, uh, the first he was the first king. Um, he allowed the uh, Jews in Persia to kind of return to their homeland, and because of the cordial relation that was provided to the Jews by the ruler, many Jews kind of decided to settle in Persia. And uh, following the settlement, they kind of got integrated to the Persian culture, the society, the language, and it is their successive generation which now constitute the Jews in Iran. Uh, now, uh, with the coming of successive uh, empires in the uh, Persian land, we see the status of minority communities, including the Jews, uh, uh, faced dynamism. Uh, there were certain empires which were which provided cordial atmosphere for the Jews and other minority communities in the country, uh, in the region. But uh, there were other uh, empires, like in the Safavid time, uh, we see uh, the incidence of forced con uh, conversion. Uh, you know, Alidimi uh, uh, being imposed. Uh, to the religious minorities and uh, jizya tax was imposed. The concept of ritual impurity uh, was specially attached to the Jewish community back those days. I'm not really sure if it is still continued in Iran, but uh, those were some uh, dark patches that were specially attached to the Jewish uh, communities during the Safavid time. Uh, now, the constitutional revolution, uh, following the constitutional revolution, a uh, little bit of improvement in the status of minority communities, uh, especially the recognized religious minorities minority communities. Uh, they were given a representation in the parliament. So Jews, uh, they got one uh, seat in the parliamentary representation after the constitutional revolution, a tradition which follows even today after the Islamic revolution. Uh, and in the Pahlavi time, some interesting developments happened uh, to the status of Jews. Um, the Pahlavi ruler uh, wanted to curtail the power of the ulema, and that is uh, why he was very much, uh, uh, you know, in favor of imposing westernization, secularization, and modernization projects in the country. And as a consequence of those efforts, uh, it kind of gave a way for the religious minorities to have more freedom in terms of their religious practice and also in terms of their social status. And it was because of Pahlavi's cordial co relation with uh, friendship uh, with Israel after the establishment of Israel in 48, 
we see the Zionist organizations kind of penetrated in Iran. And it, uh, the Jews uh, in Iran were also, in a way, uh, uh, influenced by the Zionist uh, ideology back, the, back those days. But uh, it was not like uh, the case of European Jewry. In case of uh, Jews in Europe, we see that they suffered from Holocaust. And therefore, the, uh, the Zionist ideology were very much prominent among them for uh, them to immigrate uh, to Israel. But for case of Ira Iranian Jews, they did not suffer from Holocaust. So the Zionist ideology that they were influenced by, they did support the cause of uh, the Zionist ideology, but personally, they did not feel like immigrating to Israel uh, to uh, uh, seek redemption, like in the case of European Jewry, because uh, they were very much integrated to the land of Persia. They are still very much integrated to the land, uh, actually. So, uh, therefore, uh, the Zionist ideology, even though Jews in Iran back in the Pahlavi time were, uh, some of them were Zionist in their ideology, but they were also Iranian nationalists. So, these kind of identities uh, were in interplay during the Pahlavi time, uh, in the 40s, uh, during the period of 1940s. But in the 1970s, we see a total change in the ideological inclination of the Jews uh, in Iran. Um, most of the youth population of the Jewish community, they got inclined towards the leftist ideology, like major of the majority of the uh, uh, youth uh, movement around those time, uh, a little before the revolution, and um, they were very much anti-Zionist and anti-Israel in their political understanding, uh, the Jews, I mean, and they were very much folk, uh, vocal about these uh, ideological inclinations that the Jews in the community had before the revolution, much like the rest of the protesters of the Islamic revolution. Um, and uh, uh, the Jews also had uh, active participation in the revolution, um, uh, and they were very much supportive of uh, Ayatollah Khomeini, uh, and uh, before the uh, uh, before actually the revolution got over, uh, a delegation of Jewish community went to Paris to meet uh, Khomeini, who was in exile that time, uh, to express uh, the support of the Jewish community for the revolution and also to assure from Khomeini that uh, Jews will not be considered as enemies of the revolution after the revolution gets over. Uh, so from the transition of Iranian revolution to Islamic revolution, we see that the Jewish communities, much like the other um, religious minority communities, they foresee the kind of religious discourse that is about to be dominant in the region. And therefore, um, uh, they wanted that kind of assurance from Khomeini before the establishment of Islamic Republic uh, in the country. Now, after the establishment of Islamic Republic, um, we see that in the initial phase uh, was a phase of uh, little disturbance for the religious minority community and it is uh, uh, one of the main reason is because of uh, the very process of state building that was happening after the revolution and uh, no state building uh, takes a very smooth transition in any part of the country. So after the Islamic revolution, even uh, the region itself suffered from a lot of um, tensioned uh, period. Uh, so uh, months after the Islamic revolution, we see uh, one Jewish uh, philanthropist and businessman, his name was Habib Elgani, and he was executed on charges of espionage for Israel. Uh, so the Jewish community got very apprehensive of uh, what happened months after the revolution. So they met Khomeini again, a delegation of Jewish community again met Khomeini uh, to express their worry about uh, the kind of treatment that their religious minorities about uh, like they are getting uh, from the state. 
and Khomeini issued a public decree. Uh, and in that decree, he said that Zionism and Judaism are different. And we do not consider Iranian Jews to be Zionist. And no persecution will be conducted in this country on the basis of one's religious identity. So this was a public decree which was offered by, uh, which was declared by Khomeini. And this is still holds as official uh, position of the Iranian, of the Islamic Republic even today. So whenever any community uh, of the world order, any uh, in a world uh, international community kind of accuses Iran of being uh, anti-Semitic, it kind of uh, reiterates this position that we do know the dis difference between Zionism and Judaism. So even though the official decree, however, uh, is very much clear on this distinction between Zionism and Judaism, but in the actual implementations, we see that even after the uh, even after this official uh, decree, um, there has been cases of uh, Jewish community in Iran being, uh, you know, subjected to uh, detention and arrest and execution on charges of espionage for Israel. Uh, and it is only the Jewish community which is mainly targeted on this particular charge. So even though officially. Islamic Republic is very much clear on the distinction between Judaism and Zionism, but in, in actual implementation, it seems that probably uh, the Islamic Republic is not very clear in its actual implementations when it comes to these two factors. Uh, and uh, provided that Iranian Jews since the 70s have been very vocal of their anti-Zionist and anti-Israeli stand, and even today they are very public about uh, their uh, ideological position. Uh, but still, uh, this is uh, uh, one of the reasons of uh, the declined social status of Jews uh, in Iran. Uh, about uh, emigration, I want to talk a little bit about the emigration of Jews from Israel, uh, sorry, from Iran. Uh, before the revolution, uh, you know, uh, from 1948 to 51, when Israel and Iran had friendship coded relation, we see uh, during those three initial phase after the establishment of uh, the state of Israel, we see uh, Jewish emigration from Iran and they emigrated to Israel, but it's not a very large number. They did emigrate uh, to Israel. And the reason is not because they feel any historical uh, you know the uh, you know religious connection they do have a religious connection to the land of israel, uh, palestine but it is not because they wanted to immigrate to uh, israel uh, to seek redemption like in the case of european jewry they actually did so because uh, to elevate their uh, you know to uh, climb the social uh, uh, status to have a better economic and social uh, life uh, that they didn't uh, uh, the marginalized section of the jewish community did not get in uh, Iran. So those section of the Jewish community, and it doesn't include all the Jew uh, Jewish uh, population in Iran, but this marginalized section of the Jewish community, they kind of uh, immigrated to Israel before the revolution, uh, not because of religious or political cause, but mainly because to have better life. But uh, following their uh, settlement in Israel, they did not receive much uh, good treatment from uh, the Israeli government because in Israel also we see the distinction between Ashkenazi Jews and the Mizrahi Jews, uh, the Arab Jews, the Oriental Jews. So the kind of, uh, you know, uh, the Oriental prism that uh, the the Israeli government saw the Persian Jews and equated them kind of with the, uh, with the Arabic uh, Jews, uh, that they are very much backward, they are uncivilized and, uh, you know, uh, their culture is very different, they are not modernized at all. And because of 
this kind of mistreatment and discrimination that this first section of uh, Jewish uh, immigrants faced in Israel, that a lot of Jews actually came back to uh, Iran in the 60s and the 70s. So even after the Islamic revolution, we see a large scale immigration, uh, emigration of Jews from Iran. But uh, if you see the, if you notice the pattern of immigration, it is not that they immigrated to Israel. I'm not saying none of them immigrated to Israel. A very small section of the population did immigrate to Israel, but majority of this Jewish uh, population, they immigrated to America and to Europe, uh, European countries. So this kind of explains that they did, do not see uh, uh, Israel as uh, you know, a state for, you know, uh, redemption, for their redemption. They do not see Israel as someone who will save them uh, from their uh, uh, discriminatory positions. And after the revolution, as I said, uh, uh, the initial phase was little turbulent for the minority communities, including the Jews. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, when it comes to religious freedom, when it comes to the uh, practice of religious freedom, the Iranian Jews do not face much hindrance from the government. Uh, so they are allowed to have their own synagogues, they're allowed to uh, teach Hebrew uh, and to publish uh, their religious books in Hebrew. They're allowed to have their own schools, uh, their hospitals, their community centers, they're allowed to do all of those things. But uh, it all should be within the restriction, within the uh, surveillance of the government. So uh, this is one thing. But in general, the religious freedom is not much um, uh, interfered uh, with uh, by the government. But uh, Normally, when we talk about non-Muslims in, in, in a Muslim country, we only speak of religious freedom. But in case of Iran, you see that these Jewish communities, they do have the religious freedom. But has it been the same when it comes, comes to their social status? It's not true that the Jewish community, they do have the religious freedom. But when it comes to their social status, the political position of Islamic Republic, which is predominantly anti-Zionist and anti-Israel, kind of reflects in their treatment of the Jewish community in Iran. Even though the Iranian Jews reiterate from time and again that they are not pro-Zionist or pro-Israel, but still this kind of political position that Islamic Republic has kind of reflects in the, uh, in the regime's treatment towards uh, the Jewish community. But there were some uh, developments that however happened. Uh, for example, in 2002, the blood money uh, was, which was half for the non-Muslims, which was half of half to that of Muslims, they've kind of got equal because of uh, the uh, efforts made by Jewish, uh, the lone Jewish member of parliament that time. But in 2005, we see uh, with the presidency of uh, Ahmadinejad, and he made some very controversial remarks regarding the Jews. Uh, he actually denied Holocaust uh, as a historical fact, and he actually uh, conducted a lot of conf uh, a conference in Tehran uh, regarding Holocaust and how that Holocaust actually has not ever happened uh, in times of history. So uh, this guy made very controversial remarks, and that kind of gave an image uh, to the world uh, community that is. Iran is very anti-Semitic, but uh, 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 to uh, focus that Ahmadinejad was the president at that time, yes, but his position was not the official position of the Islamic Republic, because uh, never it wasn't Khomeini or neither Khamenei, which is the pre, who's the present supreme leader. None of these uh, two supreme leaders have ever made an official position denying Holocaust as an historical fact. So the subtlety we need to. Uh, 
keep in mind that even though it was Ahmedinejad's personal opinion regarding Holocaust, and he was a president that time, so it is obviously the position you may consider it as a position of the state uh, regarding Holocaust. But the uh, the supreme leader's opinion, which is considered to be the opinion in the in the uh, in the state, uh, has never made any official uh, uh, declarations regarding the denial of Holocaust. But nevertheless, before the world community, it kind of gave gave the impression that Iran is anti-Semitic, and most of the time the international community seemed to um, accuse Iran of being anti-Semitic based on the fact that it is anti-Zionist and anti-Israel in its understanding. So it is not, uh, you know, they do not really focus on how they treat the Jewish community in Iran, but if the very any kind of declaration uh, the Islamic Republic makes against the uh, against Israeli government is kind of considered to be anti-Semitic by the world community. And I have I have read United Nations reports which kind of mentions about this anti-Zionist and anti-Israeli stand uh, to be considered as anti-Semitic more than uh, its treatment of its own Jewish community. So in 2007, uh, another uh, interesting thing happened. Uh, the Israeli government kind of offered the Jewish community in Iran uh, compensation, you know, uh, said that if you want, if you immigrate to Israel, your family will get $60,000 uh, as compensation. If one of the one of individual member of your family immigrate to Israel, you will get $10,000. Uh, but the Jewish community, the Tehran Jewish community, which represents the Jewish community in Iran, kind of refused that offer, uh, which is a very interesting interesting development, which uh, I think even the Israeli government kind of didn't expect uh, the Iranian uh, Jews to refuse uh, that offer. But with the coming of Rouhani uh, in the presidential position in 2013, we see some damage repair, <laughs> some damage control being, uh, being uh, taken into place by Rouhani because of what Ahmadinejad did. So Rouhani has actually, you know, he has tweeted about, uh, uh, you know, celebrate, uh, tweeted uh, about the Iranian, uh, the Jewish New Year uh, uh, in his tweet, you know, say, uh, uh, say, uh, wishing the Jewish community in Iran. And he has also unveiled a memorial uh, you know, um, commemorating the Jewish soldiers who were killed in the Iraq-Iran war. So all these kind of developments happened uh, during the Rouhani time. And also one of the major developments happened is that the Jew uh, that the government actually uh, recognized uh, Shabbat, which is a Jewish holiday. Uh, it falls on Saturday. It recognized uh, the, that holiday uh, where Jewish uh, students were uh, excused not to attend schools on that day. This kind of positive developments that has happened since 2013. Um, and in conclusion, I want to say that Iranian Jewish, they consider themselves to be Iranian first and then Jews because the culture and the linguistic integration they have towards the land of um, Iran, uh, they consider to be Iranian first and then Jews. Jews. So that is why this is one of the major reasons why a lot of Jewish community, even though they emigrated out of uh, Iran after the revolution, they did not go to, uh, they did not go to uh, Israel for redemption. They went to other parts of the country like any immigration pattern uh, follows in any part of the country. Second is that uh, uh, the confusion uh, that the Islamic uh, government, uh, the Islamic Republic has is that even though it's officially, it, it makes the distinction between Zionism and Judaism, but in its actual implementation, it kind of tend to blur out these two lines. And this mainly attributes to the fact that it is uh, because of its political position, which is very much anti-Zionist uh, anti and anti-Israeli. And this kind of reflects in the, in the social status of the Jewish community. And the third is that uh, even though the Jewish community in uh, Iran are part of uh, Ali Dimmi, uh, Ali Kitab, those 
because they have the protection and the rights mentioned in the constitutions. But nevertheless, uh, they, even though they have religious freedom uh, given in the uh, even uh, given in the country, but um, uh, when it comes to the social status, the political understanding uh, uh, kind of reflects in the social status of political understanding of the Islamic Republic when it comes to anti-Israeli stand kind of gets reflected in the social status of Jews as well. Thank you. About uh, perhaps uh, the second presenter about the Jews' position. My understanding was that there's a small number, very small number. I did not know how big is the size Please of sir. the Jewish community in Iran. Thank you. So thanks, uh, Miss, because of your good presentation about Jews in Iran, uh, because I'm from Iran, so it was so interesting for me also. Uh, I'm not a specialized of uh, Jews studies, uh, so I cannot uh, maybe make uh, good notes or good uh, recommendation for their study, but it was very good, so thanks for your presentation. Just I wanted to add some notes, maybe you can add them in your paper, or maybe you have some response for them, I don't know. In Iran, uh, uh, we uh, we emphasize um, uh, on Kalimi more than Jews uh, because Kalimi we we think that Kalimi is different from Jews. They uh, they, uh, they goes back maybe to Armenistan or to Lebanon. Uh, their sun center is not in uh, Israel. Uh, you told me that uh, there is no distinction. There is no clear distinction after the revolution between Jews and Israel, as I understood. Good. Uh, but after the revolution, we have many uh, Jews that they participated uh, in war between Iran and Iraq. They were killed, they were martyred. So we have some martyred and somebody who were killed in this war. Uh, all people respect Jews also in Iran. There is no distinction between Jews, Christians, and other minorities, and Muslims, and Shias, and Sunni in Iran. So uh, also, uh, one of my best friends also are Jews. We live together. There is no problem. In university also, we have some Jews. So we have uh, some lessons and some lectures from Jews and about Jews in university. Uh, Jews have their uh, places for worship. They are free uh, for worship. They can do everything they have. Uh, they can participate in social uh, <coughs> activities. They can do their ch charities. They can do everything. Uh, they, they are, so they are free in, in social activities. They are free in, in also uh, worshiping and everything. Uh, and also they have a representative, they have a representative also in the parliament. So I think in myself, because I live in Tehran, that's uh, me, myself, I didn't see a clear distinction between Jews and other minorities and, and also Muslims in Tehran. Thanks a lot. Thank you for your observations and uh, your appreciation. Uh, the community, uh, the Jewish community in Iran uh, at present, uh, according to Tehran, Jewish community is 9,000 only. So it's less than 1% of the entire population. Uh, and uh, I've had the pleasure of visiting Tehran back in August. So I, I personally, I didn't find any distinction between anyone, you know, who was a Muslim, who was a Jew or anyone, uh, because everybody kind of uh, has the same kind of 
attires, you know, <laughs> more or less. So I didn't see much distinction, of course. And I have uh, been to a particular lane where there is a synagogue, a church and a mosque in one uh, particular lane as well. But um, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, um, a Jew cannot be a president in, uh, president in Iran. Uh, uh, my religious minority communities cannot hold uh, positions of authority over a Muslim in armed forces. And except for the one uh, representation uh, of Jewish member which is reserved for them in the parliament, I don't think there are any Jewish member in the parliament too. So these are very subtle things that make you realize that it's not as similar uh, as the majoritarian population. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong again, because okay. I don't live in Iran, so I don't know the interior uh, complexities of the country. But as an external, as an Indian from outside, these are the subtle changes that I have noticed. And that's all we have for this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a like or a comment wherever you like. It would really help us out. And if you want to explore more on the Muslim case for freedom, visit islamandlibertynetwork.org. You can also support us through a donation button on the site. Thank you for listening to this podcast.